Hey everyone, and welcome to the Healthy is Hot podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Wilde. Entertainment reporter by day, sweatpant connoisseur by night. From hashtag to movement, we believe that loving all sides of you is what's healthy. And healthy is hot. Join us as we have raw, real conversations with badass individuals living passionate lives, thriving to make their dreams come true, and diving deep into how they got to where they are. And the best part? How health is a key component of all of it. From the highs to the lows, we get into it. From fitness to mental health to aspirational careers, get ready to be inspired. Also, we don't hold back. There might be swearing, there's definitely gonna be some laughing, and hopefully, you can take something away from these conversations to live your best life. To live your healthiest hot life. Guys, I'm super fired up about this week's episode. I literally just finished recording it. And let me tell you, there are some impeccable takeaways. We're talking pursuing your passion, imposter syndrome, how to find joy, embracing fear with Alessia, who just launched A Sculpt Body, an online fitness platform with low impact body weight sculpting workouts you can do from anywhere. And because I said low impact, that means no burpees, no jumping, and you can still get results. As someone who has been high intensity interval training obsessed for many years and have done a lot of running, I'm definitely feeling it in my joints and I think I need to incorporate more of these low impact body weight workouts. And Alessia's story is really interesting. You know, it's not like she grew up loving sports and fitness. She actually found fitness in 2011. And that was when she attended a workout class held in honor of her mom who had passed away from skin cancer a few months prior. Fast forward to now, Alessia has built a business in addition to being a finance professional. She is literally doing two full-time jobs at once. And it's clear after you listen to this podcast, how passionate she is about fitness and helping other people realize that they can feel good, they can do good, and they can do it with just their body weight. I really hope you guys love this. I'm I'm so excited about everything that we talked about. It was such it was such an awesome awesome chat, one that I think we all need right now. I'm going to stop talking so you guys can listen to the episode because that's actually why you tuned in. So Chloe out, Alessia in. Thank you so much for having me, by the way. I'm so appreciative. I reached out and I was like, I don't know, like, I'm just going to reach out and, and, and give it a shot. And then you, you responded like right away. I was like, okay, let's do it this week. Let's go. <laughs> You're like, what's your availability like this week? I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> well, Alessia, like usually it's not that easy, right? But we're in this weird time. And like yeah. one of the beauties of this time is having extra time on our hands. So it actually yeah. makes it so much easier to schedule and record these. And I'm so glad that you reached out because of course I've been aware of what you were doing and all the amazing energy you're putting out into the world. And you were actually also featured on Healthiest Hot for one of the yeah. articles. Yeah. And I was like, damn, this girl is amazing. So I feel <laughs> like this was going to happen Thank one you. way or another but I want to like give you some serious kudos for reaching out because it, it's not easy reaching out and being like, hi, this is me. This is what I'm all about. Like would love to be able to share my story and connect to your audiences. And I think that takes a lot of courage. And I think it's something we all need to do more of like being our Mm -hmm. own advocate, because I think sometimes in life it's, 
it's so easy to be someone else's advocate, your best friend, a totally. family member, a colleague, someone you, you look up to, but sometimes we're not our own advocates. So I want to applaud you and celebrate that you are your own advocate. And I think we all should, you know, take that and put it in our back pocket and remember that, yeah, we, it's okay to be your own advocate. I think that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. No. And I think that's something that I learned very early on in my finance career, which is like, you don't get what you don't ask for, especially like at a, at a bigger company. There's so many people. It's like, you have to speak up or else you're not going to get, uh, you're not going to move forward. And so I've now been sort of applying that all the way around. Um, and I, I just figure why not, right? What's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is that, you know, I don't get a response. That's okay. I move on, you know? So, no, but I appreciate that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Have you always been able to use your voice and ask for what you want? Because I know that that's something a lot of people struggle with, especially mm -hmm. like women that I speak to. Sometimes it's hard to show up and actually ask for what we want. We worry we're going to be asking for too much or maybe we're going to bother someone or put someone out of their way. And yet it's a-okay to use your voice and you were like, if you have a desire, you should, you should go out and ask for it. But like, was that something that's always been innately in you or is that something that you learned along the way? It's definitely been something that's been innately in me, but there have been times where it's been harder for me to like flex that muscle. Um, there's been times in my career where I've been in a position where I didn't feel I was surrounded by the right people and, and to be able to speak up, it was really quite hard. Um, but I've tried, I've always tried to push myself to do that because it's just, I mean, you, you really don't, there's no one who will be a better advocate for you or your career than yourself. And so if you don't put yourself out there, you'll never know what you'll get back, but it has been hard. And I feel like it's like, it's one of those things that's like a muscle that you have to like practice to get better. It doesn't always come naturally. Um, so push, putting yourself out there and in small ways, that has helped me, you know, build up that confidence during periods where I may not have been there, you know, even though naturally I do feel that I have that. So um, yeah, it's, it's one of those flexing those muscles as often as I can. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's great that you, you use the term small steps because if yeah. you are going to like, if you are someone who's not used to standing up for yourself and being your own advocate, it might take some time. It might feel uncomfortable and that's totally. okay. It's all part of the process. It's all part of the journey. So kind of breaking it down into smaller steps kind of helps build that confidence over time. So that way, if the first time you stand up for yourself or use your voice doesn't go so well, you know, it's okay. You got another little baby step you can try next time. But it feels totally. like you have definitely been taking those baby steps and I think you are Woo! right where you yeah. need to be. And <laughs> you know, when people look at your Instagram or your website, they see fitness, they see passion, they see energy, but you've already mentioned it already in this podcast. Finance is also another huge part of your life. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's really interesting that these two worlds are still very much present in your day to day because you're basically like, you got two full-time jobs, Alessia. Oh God, tell me about it. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, that is the biggest struggle of my life is like managing the two. Um, it's been now almost, I'd say a year and a half of doing both. But now there's this additional layer of I launched a sculpt body. Um, and so for a long time, I was working finance, 
I was teaching fitness in person a couple times a week at um, a studio in Toronto called L Fitness. Um, and behind the scenes, I started creating a self body and now I'm fully running it. So yeah, it's definitely like I have two full time jobs, um, finance by day, fitness by nights and weekend, basically. It, now that I have my own company, it doesn't really turn off. Um, but I, I, you know, I love it. <laughs> it's, it's fun. I'm doing what I love, which is the most important thing. And I love that you're still able to do both. Like if both make you excited and bring you joy, then why not do both? Especially if you can. Yeah. I mean, I do want to, I like want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself because having one full-time job is usually enough for people. You've got two full-time jobs, one of which yeah. doesn't really turn off. So you know, by know. managing this, like how are you managing your mental health, your physical health, making sure that your cup doesn't run on empty? Oh, that's a loaded question. Um, I think as long as I can, I will continue to do both. But I sort of know that there's this inevitable point in time. And I, I think a lot, like I listen to a lot of podcasts and uh, hear a lot of like entrepreneurs speak where it's like, there's a point in time where like, you just physically can't do both anymore. Your business deserves your full attention at a certain point. I haven't hit it yet, um, but I have a feeling that it's sort of inevitable. Um, but before quarantine, I will say it was much more difficult to do both together. Between going to the office, like in person by day, and then running to teach at the studio at night, and then also having like a social life, and not wanting to drop the ball with like my husband and my friends and like travel, like those things make me happy. I no doubt had many a burnout. Like mm -hmm. I feel like I would, and speaking totally honestly here, because I think my Instagram and the persona I put out, I, I try and be positive and energetic, but I also try and like give people the real talk, which is like burnout happens when you're doing so many things. Um, and so I would like go, 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 go for a period of time. And then I would just need like three or four days to like crash. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm rested. Let's go. And I would do it all over again. And one of the major things I'm realizing in quarantine is that I, that's not sustainable. I actually have not felt the burnout since being in quarantine. And I think it's a matter of a few different factors. One, I'm not physically in the office every day, so I can better manage between like my, my finance laptop and work. And then like, you know, I can take a fitness call or, or a podcast or, a, you know, do a live workout over at a certain point in the day and then go back to finance. So not physically being there helps. Um, and then also it's sad, but our, my social life has kind of like done a dip because we can't um, be together in person. And so that has opened up more time for me. Now, after quarantine, I hope to get that social life back and be back and out and about. So I'll have to figure out a way to kind of like manage that. But um, it has definitely been difficult. And I've had to make a really conscious effort to try and minimize that burnout, um, which I would say, honestly, I wasn't doing that great of a job of before quarantine. Look at that. Quarantine is teaching us so many valuable lessons. And I think that, um, you know, for a lot of people that I have on the podcast, they've got a, a thousand things going on. I think it's, I don't know if I, if I'm attracted to people like that, I'm like drawn to them. I'm like, Ooh, you're doing so much. I, I can't like wait till you I'm have more. a thousand. 
but I feel like you have a thousand things going on too. I'm like, how does she do it? I feel like well, you do a lot. Usually I'm on the verge of a burnout as well. So you're, yeah. you're speaking my language when you talk about that. Yeah. Like I, I hear so much of myself in you and I will say that, well, in life there are always silver linings and I think there's silver linings to be found right now, even though of course life is very different. And I do I think that being forced to press pause has definitely been one of them. I know at the beginning it, it brought on a lot of anxiety for me. I realized that I was going at such a fast pace with so many balls in the air and I wasn't really holding any of them properly. I was just yeah. kind of like doing what I needed to do to get through to the day. And now that life has slowed down, it's really making me evaluate time differently, the projects that I want to work on, the connections I have in my life. And that's been totally. kind of a nice, like forced moment of like reflection where you kind of like mm -hmm. sit back and you're like, Oh, so I don't actually have to commute today. I don't have to run around. I don't have to go to all these events. And then you kind of look at like, well, how do I want to use my time when this is over? Like, will I be making adjustments? Am I going to go back to the life I had before? I hope not. I hope that I come out of this, you know, having a little bit more of a, like a grounded vibe to how I go about life. I will probably still be very busy and want to yeah. accomplish a lot of things. I think that's just part of who I am. But like, I think it's, it, it has been teaching me a lot and has shown me some some little elements that it could, could maybe deal with a little bit of improvement. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's a part of life. Like I hope we are continuously evolving and continuously improving and like taking those necessary steps to achieve our dreams, to be the healthiest versions of ourselves, to be the best people we can be so we can show up for ourselves and the people that we love every day that we see. Totally agreed with you. I think this is a tough time for a lot of people, but there are silver linings in this. I heard something that really stuck with me, which is like, this whole experience is happening for us, not to us, if you choose to see it that way. And so I really am trying to see it that way. And I don't every day, but I try a lot of the time to remind myself, like, how can I come out of this like better than I was before? Um, and to your point about like, how to spend your time, like I'm, I'm sort of reassessing my days, my schedule. How do I like to, like, when do I like to work out? When do I like to focus in on work? When do I like to, you know, be out and about, maybe go for a walk? All those things that, like, have been dictated for me my whole career because I worked a nine to five since I graduated school. Now I'm like, hmm, I actually have a lot of flexibility. Like, I don't need to structure every day the way I have. What do I even like? How do I like to spend my time? And so that has been really interesting. Um, I, I, so I, I totally agree with your point of like trying to find the silver lining in all of this because we're here, we're in it, we have no choice yeah. but to be in it. So we might as well make it a positive, you know? I mean, what an interesting time in your life to launch a sculpt yeah. body, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> oh God. Just like the world is going to shit in some regards. And then there's like these beautiful, like little daisies popping out of the ground being like, we will be here. We are surviving. We are life. And I feel like that's oh. what you're offering the world. Like, which is so yeah. perfect. And it's great because it's digital and you're offering people a chance to move their bodies in a way that is like reflective of where we are right now, but something that people will take on in their lives when we go back to quote unquote, whatever normal is after this. Mm -hmm. But I want to congratulate you on this because it's so beautiful. Like aesthetically, it's stunning. I love the concept. I love what you're kind of reminding people of that like moving your body doesn't have to be painful or the most strenuous mm -hmm. thing 
you can benefit so much from moving your body on a, in a consistent way and just kind of honoring where you are. So I want to applaud you for that because this is huge. Thank you. Huge. Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. It has been such a, an experience and different than I had anticipated because obviously I hadn't anticipated launching during this pandemic. Um, but at the root of a sculpt body is moving in a way that feels good. And now more than ever, we want to feel good. We want to feel energized, right? We want to feel motivated. And so that's really what this platform is about. And originally, you know, it was for when I, when I originally was thinking about it and planning it, it was for like the corporate woman who is on the go, who wants to get her workout in, aka like the experience that I've had, right? Like I don't have time with everything going on in my full-time job to make it to a class all the time or to head to the, the gym for a gym session all the time. And so these quick, efficient workouts were what I was looking for, but couldn't find. And now it's sort of transitioned into this like great, place for women to just come together and take their minds off of everything else that's going on in the world and move in a way that feels really, really good and feeling strong. Um, all my workouts are low impact and, and body weight. So you don't need any equipment and, and there's no jumping. It's all really like gentle on the body while still being effective. And that, and that really, I mean, I've had I, what I used to do high impact and I had injuries that were like, what am I doing? Why am I working out and hurting myself so that I can't work out anymore? Like I just, I couldn't wrap my head around it. So I was like, if I'm going to design something, it's got to be something that people can do every day that feels good, that they look forward to, you know, it's fun. So people actually want to do it. Um, and that's been the feedback that I've, that I've gotten, which is just made me so, so happy. <laughs> I imagine when you put your heart and soul into something like this, that to put it out in the world must be a very, very terrifying, vulnerable mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. Take me back to the moment where you finally put it out there. And then you started to realize like, oh, people are enjoying this. Like the feedback mm -hmm. is positive. Like what a yeah, beautiful I, gift. I was so honestly relieved. <laughs> I, was, I, was so, I was like, cause for a long time I was like, well, you know, especially when quarantine started, people were really missing the gym. And I was like, oh, shoot. Did I, like, create something that people are, are you know, who love the gym, like, aren't going to want to kind of turn to? So I doubted myself, to be honest, for a little bit. And then I launched and the feedback was so amazing. It was like this huge weight was off my shoulders. I, I got messages and still get messages like daily from people being like, I just look forward to your workouts. I love them. And I thought they were going to be easier than my weight workouts, but they're actually harder and I'm seeing results. And so like things like that just make me so, so happy. And I'm so relieved that my vision and my dream that I like worked so hard on is being well received. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's so interesting because with what you've created, a sculpt body, it's it's almost reminding us, it's reminding me because I am a hit 
obsessed person. I am yeah. <laughs> like, when I work out, I'm like, I want to be dripping in sweat. Like I got to be out of, like I gotta be out of yeah. breath the whole time. We're like, I'm just wasting my time. But I got to tell you like the, the few times and I'm, I'm pretty new to low impact workouts, but I think I need to start incorporating more of them because my mm-hmm. knees feel shot from years of running and doing hit. Like I feel it. Like I, I'm, I'm 31. Yeah. Like I'm really starting to feel it. I know I'm still young, but like, I think I've done a lot of damage to my body and <laughs> exercise as good as it is. Like you need to do it in moderation, which for many years yeah. I did not. And the few times I have done low impact, it's so challenging and you're using your so body hard. weight. And I think it's like, it's this like beautiful reminder that like our bodies can be used as tools for good. And like mm-hmm. with low impact workouts, you can do that. And I'm so glad that there's no jumping because I'm so tired of doing burpees in my apartment. Ooh. So how many at home workouts are burpees, jump squats, <laughs> all that, like all of them. I'm like, this, this, we're all going to come out of here wobbling, like knees, like not working anymore. Um, we, we have to get you set up on a felt body to try a couple of the workouts and do a live together. Cause I think that you'll love the low impact when you realize like you do it and you're like, Holy, can I swear? I, I swear all the time. Okay. I was going to say, holy fuck, it's hard. <laughs> Once you realize like you're squeezing every muscle so hard um, because you're, it's just you and your body. So you better make it, you know, make it effective during that time. Um, you'll, I think you'll, you'll start to love it. You might still love your hip, but maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, I think I look, I think shaking it up is always a good idea when it comes to health yeah. too. Like keep your body guessing. And I think the other thing that's great is like above, like eventually we'll get out of quarantine. But what I love about what you're doing, especially as someone who's always on the road, um, I struggle with working out when I travel. Like you end up feeling a little bit more lethargic. Maybe you're jet lagged. Maybe you're a busy mom with kids and, and you know, you don't have a lot of time to go to a class. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you do just have that 20, 30 minutes to carve out. If you can do it yep. at home, like what a beautiful yeah. thing, you know, you don't have to spend 15 minutes driving or it's probably even longer. We live in Toronto. Traffic is wild. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. like you can, you can get a great workout in, you can get a great healthiest hot moment in, in a condensed amount of time Mm -hmm. by just using your body. Like it's, it's, you're making this a workout for everybody, which I think is really nice. Totally. That was, that was one of the main things I really wanted to do was make this an accessible workout for anyone. I actually have this um, unique sort of aspect on my site. Um, I have workouts called quickies. Um, and they're all under 10 minutes. So it's like, really, if you have no time, like, yeah. no, like, I mean, everyone's got like eight or nine minutes. Um, and so you can pop it on and do those. And what I usually hear the feedback I get is like, people are like, Oh, I was so tired. Or Oh, like my kids, I was, you know, I, I, I didn't have time, but I popped on that eight minute um, arm. And then I felt good. And then I turned on nine minute booty. And then I felt really good. And then I, you know, and so then it becomes like a 20 minute or 30 minute and you leave just feeling amazing um, when you may not have had time or you may not have been motivated or feeling energized to do it. So it, it really is the workout for anyone, regardless of whether we're in quarantine or not. Um, and I love how you pointed out travel because as someone who is works in corporate, we often get sent to meetings where it's like overnight or for a few days, we're meeting a client and it's so easy to throw everything out the window when you're traveling, especially for work. Like you're, you know, there's dinners, maybe wine, like a big meal. And so this is like the tool that you can take anywhere with you, um, which, which I love. So, yeah. 
Well, you're clearly passionate about this. I like it. Yeah. I'm feeling it. I mean, it feel, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to imagine you not being passionate and and an advocate of fitness and movement, but that wasn't always the case. Like no. you, you, you didn't come out of the womb wanting to move and work out, which is, which no. is so like surprising. Oh I was so far from that. So, so far from that. Oh God. <laughs> my parents used to like try and like bribe me to like play sports. Like I did not move my body at all. I think as a kid, I played like some house league soccer. And actually my dad always tells a really funny story about how they enrolled me in like, I think it was house league soccer. Um, and my team was quite good, but we were in the finals and we were trying so hard or everyone else was, um, and we just couldn't win. And when the game was over, we lost and every other kid on the team was bawling. And I was like, not sweating, barely had done anything, being like, it's okay, it's okay, we tried our best. And I just think it represents my like lack of interest in anything sports or fitness related. And it shows that you can go from never having moved your body at all to loving movement. Um, no problem, it's possible. It's, it's not, it doesn't have to be, fitness doesn't have to be this scary thing, this overwhelming, maybe, um, yeah, it, scary is like a good way to put it or intimidating thing. It could be this thing that is like you do a little bit, and then you do a little more. And then soon you you sort of start to love it. But I, I certainly was not um, active as a kid, I actually started my fitness journey started shortly after my mom passed away, which was in 2011. She passed away of melanoma skin cancer, and she was super into working out. Actually, my whole family was, only I was not. Um, and she worked out daily at the studio near where I grew up. Um, she did a bunch of fitness classes like every day. They actually asked her to be an instructor, and she said no because she didn't want to like the bur have the burden of teaching. She wanted to just go and get her workout in and leave, so it's quite ironic that now I'm teaching. Um, <laughs> but that studio taught or held um, – a charity class in her honor a few months after she passed away and so I attended it of course um, to support and I had never really worked out before that and it was so hard like I remember the distinct feeling of feeling faint um, in, in that class like starting to move and feeling like so dizzy um, which was a sign that I just was so out of shape and I was like heating and like, it was just brutal. And then I left there and was like, this is so embarrassing. Like my mom was so fit, so active. She worked out here, did these exact classes every day. Even when she was like, she had been diagnosed before, but when she was re-diagnosed and, and then was in her last few months, like she really did it as long as she could. And it's wow. like so embarrassing that I can't. Um, and so that was really my turning point and how I started falling in love with fitness. I went to classes there um, for a few years after I finished at McGill. I went, I moved back home and I did classes there a few days a week. And, and then that's how I got into it, really. Um, so I actually have a really special place in my heart for that studio. And that is where I started teaching. Um, I reached out to the owner of that studio after not having seen her for a few years because I had moved downtown and she sort of took me under her wing and taught me how to be an instructor oh. when I didn't, yeah, I, when I didn't know anyone in the fitness industry, I didn't know that there was even this, this 
world of fitness in Toronto that, you know, people know each other. Like I didn't even know that existed. And so I reached out to, there was two people I knew and one was the owner of that studio and one used to work at that studio. And the owner took me in and, and taught me essentially how to teach. It's, a, it's, it's crazy how full circle it came. I mean, your mom is the reason yeah. you are, well, for many reasons, but she's the reason you found fitness. And I imagine mm -hmm. it must be a, like a great connection you have with her, mm -hmm. you know, that totally. especially at the beginning when you were going to the studio that she went at and then you started teaching at that studio. And now mm -hmm. here you are continuing on that journey. And she was really mm -hmm. the catalyst. Totally. And I think it was like her passing away was a difficult thing for me to deal with. And I, I really dove. She passed away in between my third and fourth years at McGill. And it was in June. And so the first few months were really hard. I was at home with my family. But I went back to school in that September. And I just dove right back into school life and my friends and, um, and my boyfriend, who I'm now married to, actually. <laughs> Um, so my mom actually got to meet him, which is oh, quite sweet. nice. Yeah. Um, but I kind of just distracted myself quite a bit right after my mom passed away. And so when I finished school and moved back home, the, the classes, going to the classes where my mom had attended felt like a connection to my mom. It felt kind of like cathartic. Like it was my way of like dealing with everything that happened um, because I had sort of pushed those feelings aside for a period of time. And I think it's still in a way is, is how I deal with it. I, I try and compartmentalize and I, I try and be strong kind of overall, but I do feel that connection when I'm working out with her more than I do the rest of the time. Well, if that's not motivation to yeah. get up and get sweaty, I mean, I yeah. think I'm one of those people, uh, I lost my, one of my brothers when I was really young and I was young. Like I was so, so, sorry. so I was a child compared to the wow. loss that you went through, but it's interesting how I, like I have moments of, of really strong connection where I'm like, mm -hmm. I can't help but think of my, of my, of my brother, even when I was so young, I was only like six years old when he passed. So for you, you know, to have oh, been wow. a university student and to still be able to feel that really strong connection through something as amazing as movement. I mean, mm -hmm. oh, I yeah. mean, what, no wonder you are doing what you're doing for so many reasons, but like that alone is just, I think movement is really, really powerful for a lot of things. Just like, I think mm -hmm. it's also really powerful for reminding us of, of certain mm -hmm. people, certain memories, but like, that's such a, a nice little cherry on top for you that like you're choosing this career in fitness and yet it's, it's honoring and celebrating your mom and the amazing woman she was and the impact she had on your life. Totally. It almost feels like, I don't know if this is maybe a bit woo-woo for some people, but this fitness thing feels kind of like I was called to it. Like, it wasn't a choice ever. Like, I, I obviously made a choice to pursue it, but I felt in my heart for a while, even before I started it, that this was something that I just, like, I couldn't not do. So when people ask me, like, how did you decide to go from finance to fitness? I mean, you're still, like, I'm still in finance, but make this sort of pivot it's, it's like, it's very hard to answer that because yes, there's like the, the technical reasons and, and, but really it's like, it's like, I couldn't not, like, I just had to, I've been called to this. And I, I feel that me being in fitness is doing such a, it's, I'm putting out to the world what I'm meant to. And I think 
people are, are meant to receive that. And so it just feels right. I there's no other way for me to explain it other than like, it just, I just had to. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's amazing that you had that, you were able to tune into that, that intuition mm-hmm. that you had that like fire that was alive in you. Mm-hmm. Because I think I really believe everyone has some type of calling, like some type of, of passion that like mm-hmm. should celebrated, whether it's a hobby or you choose to make it how, you know, how you pay the bills. Like, I think there's that fire in all of us. And I hope that we all have a chance to discover what that is and to, to see it through, see it come to fruition and the fact that you're doing it. But like, were you ever scared though? Because like people get to know you for a certain thing. They're like, Oh, there's Alessia. Like she's super smart, super bubbly. She's great at finance. And then you're like, yeah, but guys, maybe just maybe I might do this like other thing. And sometimes it's mm-hmm. sometimes it's a little bit scary to feel like there's an identity shift and that like, well, ha- like, will people take you seriously? Will people appreciate oh my you? Gosh. Will they believe in you? And I think sometimes it's hard to shut out that outside noise and to really just like trust our gut and trust and like believe in ourselves. But it's sometimes scary making those shifts in life. Oh, yeah, I was so scared. I was scared for many reasons. One, I was scared of what people were going to think and say about me. I have a career in finance that on paper is like really good. So people were like, I was really worried that people were going to be like, what are you thinking? You're insane. Um, And some people did. Some people did, to be honest. But I think when they saw the passion I had for this and when they saw that like, okay, she's really committed and this isn't just like a, you know, two month thing and then she's over it. Like she's really building this. And they were like, all right, like maybe this is the right thing for her. But I was certainly really, really scared of what people were going to say. But what I did realize was there are so many people that have careers like on paper careers, like my finance career or lawyers or whatever it is that when I started talking about this fitness thing, they would tell me, wow, like, you're so brave. I've been meaning to do something else, but I never really got the guts to. And so I, I started realizing that, like, there's this whole group of people that feel the passion for something else, but are scared too. So maybe if they see me doing it, then they'll feel like, all right, I should pursue that, even if it is just for fun, as a hobby. And so that started to fuel me even more even though I had worried that those very people were going to judge me um, and kind of look down on me for that. And then the other aspect was I was really worried about it financially. Mm. Like in an ideal world, I would love to do a sculpt body full time. And I would have loved to for, you know, the last like couple years, but I was really from the minute I realized that this was something that I was going to like execute on, I've been really like cognizant of the financial side and like holding on for as much as I can with my finance career to help kind of finance this other side of my life. Cause, cause it's not, I'll be frank, it's not realistic to quit your full-time job when you're working corporate to teach at a gym. It's just yeah. not, you have to either like, oh, like create, like own your own gym or create your own thing, create your own online business. Um, it's just, you, it's, especially in the city that we live in, like it is just so hard to make ends meet if you are just like teaching classes or training people. And I knew that from the beginning. So that was a major fear I had, but I have been like planning for that for a long time. And I always tell people who have a side hustle or have a hobby that they're maybe hoping to turn into something bigger is like, 
save. Like the minute you think that you may want to do it full time, even if you're like maybe only 10% sure about that, start saving like right away. Because the day that you want to do it full time is like, you're, you're going to want to like break away. But if you haven't been saving for a year or two, that's going to be a big struggle. So um, yeah, I was scared in many, many ways. But I went for it anyways, because I felt that calling that deep, just like passion within me that I just had to do it. And I kept telling myself, especially at the beginning, what is the worst case scenario? Just like we had talked about worst case scenario, I reach out to you and you don't respond. Well, yeah. that, that is exactly what I was thinking. Okay, worst case scenario, I try this. I suck. I don't like it. I'm not a great instructor okay, whatever. I still have my full-time job. I, I tried it. I know internally that I gave it a shot and then I move on. And then it turned out that, okay, I, I, I was like, you know, people were vibing with me and liking my classes and I was really enjoying it. So let's see where this goes sort of thing. Oh, we all should give ourselves a chance and actually yeah. try. And I yeah. think this, this idea of failure and this idea of rejection often stops us from mm -hmm. stepping outside of our comfort zones. But the thing is, is like failure and rejection is just part of life. Like if it happens, we move on and who knows, yeah. it might not end up in failure and rejection, but if you mm -hmm. never try, you'll never get to see what lies on the other side of fear. And I think totally. fear sometimes holds us back, especially as adults. Like kids are fearless. Kids will oh, do yeah. anything. They're like, oh yeah, you want me to go uh, snowboard down this hill for the first time? Yeah, no problem. Here we go. And they're just like, yeah. you're looking at them and you're like, how, how this, yeah. this is dangerous. But like yeah. they're fearless. And at some point, you know, while we grow up, we end up becoming more fearful. We think of the consequences a lot, which of course is very important. But if there is something inside of you that's like screaming to be let out, a passion, a desire, something you want to just just give it your all. I hope, I hope that after you guys listen to this, like maybe you won't let fear stand in the way. Maybe you'll at least mm -hmm. like, you know, pull back the curtains and maybe take a peek on what lies on the other yeah, side of fear. Yeah, start small, right? Start small and just see sort of what happens. One other thing I struggled with quite a bit, and I think I still do a little bit, is this idea of imposter syndrome. Mm. Um, I've struggled with it in my finance career quite a bit. I've worked with a lot of like serious men and I like 99% of the people that I work with are men and I I and I'm usually older and I just for many for many years I always thought like they must know more than me they must be more qualified they must be you know and I just didn't really feel like I I I was up to par with them it took me a long time to sort of get over that um, and I do feel better on that side with my finance career, but that is something I also experienced transitioning into fitness was like, there's this whole industry in Toronto and Canada that like, there, there's so many vets, there's so many people who have been in the fitness industry for like 10 years and 15 years. And like, they have so much experience and so much knowledge. So like, who am I? Like, who do I think I am? Like, I'm a corporate girl and I'm just like trying to come in here. And, and so I, I had to really like talk myself off that ledge like so many times where I was like, oh, I just, do I belong? I don't know. Um, luckily, the industry has been really accepting of new people. I didn't know that at the beginning, though. Um, it's, I've sort of been welcomed in with open arms, which is really cool. And I think a lot of industries may not be that way. Um, but that has been my experience. But 
I want to sort of share with people that like, it's not always like I didn't start and then go, oh yeah, this is it. I'm so, this is amazing. I'm in it. I, you know, there was a lot of doubt and there was a lot of feeling like I don't belong, but I pushed through and I'm so happy that I did because I, I had that passion inside of me. And I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna push. And, and I do belong here because I am putting in the work um, and, and people are connecting with me. So I'm not any less than the other people. Sure, yeah, they have more experience than me, but I'm working hard to bridge that gap. You know, I'm studying, I'm practicing, I'm doing everything that I can to sort of get there. Um, so I encourage people listening, like who are thinking about doing something, don't let the fear stop you. And even when you start and you feel like maybe like, you just you're 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 not that good you're not as qualified you're not as experienced like just put in the work um to even just to help yourself feel more confident and then that confidence will get will help you keep going i am selfishly so glad you just touched on all of those points because i am uh i haven't really like I've shared this a little bit, but I, at the beginning of quarantine, obviously had a lot more time in my hands. And I was like, I want to do something for me. I want to do something I've been toying with something that's been like all these things that we're talking about. I'm like, there's this thing that I've been wanting to do for so long. And I'm like, but I always use the excuse. I have no time. I have too much on my plate. So I finally decided, look, if there's no time, like now, like, I don't know when this is going to happen. So I signed up to become a dual health and life coach and it's a six, six month program and we're about a month Ah. in and I got to tell you like every I'm so glad we're having this conversation because everything you just said about imposter syndrome have been thoughts that have been circulating in my head where I think to myself like so many things you just said I'm like no one's going to take me seriously as a life coach Mm -hmm. like I work in entertainment television like there's so many amazing amazing life coaches in Toronto and in Canada like how am I ever going to fit in I'm starting new at 31. They all have so many years of experience. Like, is there a place for me? Will I be good? What if people don't connect with me? All of these thoughts. And I try to keep them at bay. And I try to like, like you said, walk yourself off the ledge. And I'm early on in the studies. And I realized like, I got to just give this a shot. I got to give the next Mm -hmm. six months a shot and, you know, really study and start small. Look at those baby steps coming back to Mm -hmm. baby steps. But like Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome is something that I sometimes feel in my day job and I've been doing that for seven years. And it's something I now feel in these early studies. So like how, how were you dealing with some of those more negative days where you really just felt like inadequate and that self-doubt was taking over? Like, how did you push through that? I really actually before I get into it, I want to say congrats. Yeah. Like oh. good for you for signing up for something that is outside of your wheelhouse. Like so that is amazing. And I really want to applaud you and congratulate you because that is like uh, that's amazing, truly. Um and something so outside of your entertainment like job. Yeah. Um but you kind of touched on it, which what I do when I get sort of negative, um, negative thoughts and kind of start spiraling. I, I give myself many timelines and you mentioned it with the six months, like, okay, I'm going to get to the end of the six months of my program and, and just push through till then. I would do that a lot. I would say like, okay, I, like I made the decision to start with fitness in 2018 and I had told myself, all right, I'm going to give myself these last few months in 2018 to learn. And after I'm like, I've done my certification and I've learned a bunch. If at the end of that, I don't want to do this anymore, I'm out. But I'm committed till December 31st. And then December 31st rolled around and I 
started teaching in person and I gave myself till December 31st, 2019 to like a full year to, and I, and I did sort of break it up into smaller bits. I actually think I gave myself the June 30th and then December 31st, but I would say, all right, if by June 30th, I've done this for like six months, I'm teaching in person. If I don't feel it anymore, then that's the day that I say no more. But until then, let me just try. Like, let me make this commitment to myself to try. So I would make these like small commitments to myself. And each time I would get to the end, I'd be like, I feel good. Like, because you never really realize the progress you're making day to day. But then when you look back on it, it's like, whoa, I've come a long way in six months. Um, and so I would, I would always wait to the end to make the decision and then things would go well. So I would keep going. But I, I still feel that like, when I think about this week, I'm like, what did I do this week? But when I think about over the last month, how much I've accomplished, it's like, whoa, that's a lot. So like giving yourself those like milestones, yeah. progress milestones to then reflect and, and decide whether to move forward or not, I, I find helps me. Oh, this, this is <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And I think, I think breaking it down is great. And I yeah. think imposter syndrome, unfortunately, like it's just a thing that happens. It's a thing that a lot of people struggle with. And it's a thing, especially women struggle with, I think. Um, I think that feeling of like not feeling good enough or not quite feeling like you belong is a thing that a lot of women struggle with, unfortunately. Um, But I, I think it's something that you, you work on, you, you push through, set those, those short miles. The milestone could be like a week. Like it doesn't have to be six months just small attainable milestones that at the end you can decide whether to move forward, but at least you've given yourself the opportunity to try. And then worst case scenario, you hate it. You never have to do it again. That's that's the way I think (laughs) in my mind. Like I could throw this whole fitness thing out the window, but at least I tried, you know, if I, if I didn't want to do it. I really (laughs) hope, I really hope that you don't, but if you ever, you stop loving it, throw it out the window. But I I feel like it does bring you a lot of joy. feels like a lot of people are really connecting with it. I mean, can you imagine your life without fitness since you found it in 2011? No, I don't know where I'd be. I I truly think that I would be like lost. I, I feel like it has really helped me come into my own. Like I feel like I'm living the path that I'm supposed to be right now. And I really don't know where I would be without it. And, and I think it could be anything for any, like for anyone, you know, for me, it's fitness for other people, it could be whatever, but I'm so, I'm really along with fitness, passionate about like empowering and encouraging people to figure out what that is. What is that thing that like lights you up? I actually use this term, like go where your energy goes. And I would always, this is kind of funny, but like leaving work um, on my way to teach at the studio that I teach at, I would be literally skipping like, la da what a great day. But like two hours prior to that, I'd be at my desk like, oh, you know, and like kind of like snoozing. And I'm like, wait, this is so, what's going on? I'm not, you know, I believe not that tired, excited to teach. And it's because of where my energy was. Like my body like knew that that was like where I wanted to be. And so I, I sort of I use this term a lot, like go where your energy sort of goes. Cause that's, that's the way, you know, that's the way to what you, what you should be doing. 
Um, so yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Next time, <laughs> next time you're, you're, I feel like we all need to be more aware of, of how our energy is feeling and where it wants yeah. to go and to just yeah. kind of explore. Like, I feel like the biggest yeah. takeaway is to just give your chance to explore whatever yeah. little itching passion or itching curiosity has been knocking at the front door. Like maybe just open the door, see what lies on the other side and don't mm -hmm. hold yourself back. Just give yourself a chance to play and to, to see if it brings you joy. And if not, Hey, you totally. gave it a shot. Totally. Agreed. <laughs> oh, I want to keep chatting, but I will. Yes. Oh my gosh, 45 minutes. But uh, before I, I let like you go, why like that? Oh my gosh! I mean, you got two. You got two it's chatty Cathy's. Chat. Yeah, we're gonna have to do this again. This is gonna be. This is gonna be yeah. a part one of our yeah. chats. We'll we'll <laughs> circle back when I'm done my certification, and we can have a whole yes. episode on imposter syndrome. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. Yeah, that this is what happens when you get two chatty Cathy's who are like, this, 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 this. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I mean, you say go where your energy goes. Like this is where. Like this. Like connecting having chats yeah. about health in like a very holistic way like I, mm -hmm. I think talking about health is not just like how many times you go to the gym or how many salads no. you eat. like it's a whole it's it's every part of your life is interconnected so the passion totally. you feel in your day job how you feel at home will bleed into the way you show up for your body and the foods that you mm -hmm. eat like it's so interconnected and when you look at it in 100%. that way it becomes a little bit less daunting because it's like oh, okay so it's not just sweating it out like it's actually this yeah. big picture thing and yeah this conversation totally. was like oh it was great I'm so happy but before we end I always on the podcast yeah. the same way yeah. what does healthy is hot mean <laughs> to you could be a mantra of feeling the philosophy of a sculpt body it's something different for everyone it's my favorite question to ask I love that question honestly we touched on it already for me healthy is hot is like is moving to feel good like Strip away the whole, like, how you have to look and, you know, weight or any of that stuff. It's like, okay, move your body to feel good, to feel energized, to have that energy for the rest of your life, to feel strong, to be able to do the things that you want to do because, you know, you, you got that movement in and you're building that strength for your everyday life so that when you, when you travel, you have energy to go about doing, you know, hiking or whatever you're doing, exploring when you're, you know, when you're with your kids, you have energy to do that, to play with them. It's like moving in a way that feels good so that it's bettering your life in every way. And yes. I'll leave it there. Yes. Mic drop, <laughs> mic drop. And Alessia, where, where can we all find more? Where can we learn more? Yes. Where can we sign up? Where can we sculpt our bodies in a good yes. way? You can find me at asculptbody.com. Um, that is where all of my low impact body weight sculpting workouts are. I have a ton of different ones. It's like anything you're looking for, I got. Um, and then on Instagram at Alessia Sculpt. So yeah, come find me. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Amazing guys. Thank you for everyone on IG. We'll get back to you on all the comments. Thank you. Oh, okay. I'm going to hop off so here. Thank you for having me, Chloe. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you you're so, so much. Rad. I can't wait to meet you in real life and give you a hug. That's yeah. All. Same, same, same. Bye. And just like that, another episode of the Healthy is Hot podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Chloe Wilde. If you enjoyed this conversation, feel free to subscribe so you never miss out. Rate and leave us a comment. Follow us on Instagram at Healthy is Hot. And remember, healthy is fucking beautiful. See you next week.